I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday matinee to you, Steve Sarmento. <laughs> no. No? No, 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 no. You, you can't Did take I his thing. Did I just co-opt somebody else's branding? You, you, you can't. You can't. <laughs> oh, no. Just, you, 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 unless, unless we're recasting that role. Are you going to be the cousin Oliver? Is that what you're it's doing? You're trying to recasting you're, 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 than a reboot. Are you trying a to reboot? be cousin okay. Oliver? Oh. Do I look yes. young enough to be a cousin Oliver to Andy? <laughs> we're trying, try, trying to bring new new energy to I, this by changing things. Can I up? complain to you for a moment? First of all, I have the worst coffee maker ever. May I? I need to leave a one star review here for my coffee maker. It is the Cuisinart fully automated grind and brew. So you put the beans in on the top and it grinds it okay. and spits it out into the little basket. And then mm -hmm. it, let me just start by saying it is a completely over-engineered piece of junk that when it counts, when you take the fully brewed cup of coffee or pot of coffee out and begin to pour it, it is a dribble carafe. It just coffee pours out underneath where you can't see it onto the counter, <laughs> missing the cup entirely. It is so there are so yeah. many pieces that just don't belong. It's like a first draft coffee maker. It's like they made the coffee maker and said, you know what? There's a hole here. Well, shove an extra part into it that users will have to clean and keep track of. I mean, it's just a nonsense thing. And then I walk in to pour my coffee and my favorite coffee cup, my little round like champagne mm -hmm. or wine glass thermal yeah. coffee cup yeah. is missing. I don't know where it is. And I woke up in, in such a Hulk rage that I almost threw this whole coffee maker out the window. It's like, where's my cup? <laughs> then no one shall have coffee again. 
Are you the only coffee drinker? In no, the house? my wife is too. But she went for a morning. Oh. She's on a swim team. She went for a swim this morning, and so I have to drink out of the, oh like no. poor substitute, inelegant. It it's just a horrible excuse for a coffee a thermal coffee cup. I shall. Well, I how shall long have you had? It, had how long have you had this coffee? I mechanism. had the best coffee maker. Oh, I don't know how to say it. Oxo, Oxo, Ojo. Oh, oh, uh, they made a coffee yeah. maker that was straight up brilliant. It was two carafes. One was a glass carafe on the right, and then the thermal carafe on the or glass carafe on the left, thermal carafe on the right. You fill up the glass carafe, you put the coffee in, and the gla- it sucks from the glass carafe and drops the hot water into the thermal carafe, so you don't have to fill any vessels right. or anything. And yeah. you can tell it, you know what, this morning, some of us are going to have tea. So I'd like you to make half a pot of coffee and leave the rest as hot water in the hot water vessel on the left. It was so oh. brilliant. It was a brilliant thing. And the heating element died and they stopped making it. So there were no replacement parts. It is completely <laughs> um, useless to us. Dropping cold water over our our coffee. <laughs> what you don't like cold it brew? Makes me, Come on. <laughs> it makes me insane. And so I'm on the lookout. I I would if if okay. I found a couple of boxes of uh, Oxo twelve quart coffee makers, I'd buy three of them just to make sure I never live without. I'm gonna be that guy okay. using the IBM PS2 keyboard <laughs> thirty years later because I bought ten of them. <laughs> Because I loved him. Because so you that's like gonna it. It's going to be me. That's right. You like it. Uh, that's, that's the way we roll. Okay. Sorry about I'm really okay. sorry I had to be so vulnerable for you with you there. About no, my coffee that, no, that's what are that's you brewing? The, that's the thing. What are you brewing? You're a coffee guy. I don't, I don't, not that much. Not really. really. I, we have our, co- we have our coffee maker. It's a, uh, oh, what is it? It's one of those German names. What is it? I don't know. We got it. So we got married 26 years ago. So this thing's 26 years old. That's how often we use it. As, we don't use it that often. Well, also, coffee it's, makers it's, should be made to last that long. Come on. Well, it's, yeah, it's, oh gosh, I can't remember. It's all white. You put water in the top and then you fill the basket with the coffee ground and it goes in. But the, the whole craft thing is is thermal and it's nice. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, it's one of those weird German engineered things. Ugh. That's all I, that's all I know. And we, you know, that uh, that's all I do. Then we got Dutch Bros, you know, like five minutes from here. So that's... well, right? You 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 brew your coffee drive through, right? <laughs> Mostly, yeah. Because I like it. Here's well, the thing. And I remember being I, at your I, house, I, and I, I opened your refrigerator, yeah. and like all your cold yeah. brew comes in bottles. Like that, I know it, you don't do a lot of brewing. I'm a, I'm a cold brew. I got what I've got to do is I got to start making my old cold cold brew. Is yes, what you I do. To start doing. Yes, yeah, you do. That's what Up your coffee do, game, so. Steve. Yes. All right. I'm trying to stay off the caffeine, though. It's a it's a thing. It's a drug. I I don't like what I I don't like being in a condition where if I don't have it, I Hulk rage and throw things out. Windows. I uh, quite enjoy being in that state where I if I don't have it, I Hulk rage. <laughs> it gives. I feel like it gives me an edge. <laughs> can we talk about movies? Yes. Sure, we can talk about we movies. I I don't know. I I don't think I'm trying to think what I watched. Oh, I had, uh, yeah, let's see, last Sunday. So I'm going to rage now about physical media. Oh, That's what I'm going to do. This is, a, this is a fun old saw. <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> so I, did, I don't know what, oh, a couple weeks ago I had watched the Aretha Franklin uh, documentary, Amazing Grace, that uh, had, you know, had been filmed in the late 60s and had sat on the shelves because they had issues syncing the sound. And, you know, it was released as an album. It was like one of the greatest, you know, se- biggest selling gospel albums of all time. And it's a great little documentary available on Hulu now. Mm-hmm. So I watched that and I was like, just got me in the mood for sort of my bluesy roots in Chicago. And I said, you know, haven't watched the Blues Brothers in a really, really long time. Wanted to watch it with my youngest because I thought it's great music, got some great dancing. She's going to love this. So I pull out my my DVD of the Blues Brothers, which I should have known because it's one of these double sided ones where it's got here's the this side of the disc has the original theatrical release. Then you flip yeah. it over and on the other side, it's got the extended version. So I just put it in there and I thought I hadn't seen the extended edition. I don't think so. We started watching that and. We are, which, and it, I forgot, it's a long movie. We're, we're get, approaching like the two hour mark. So we're getting right to the big, big finale. And it, you know, no, it stops. It, it's not functioning. It stops like scrap, it's just, scrap. it stopped playing. It just, 
it just stopped playing. It just, you know, the image freezes. I'm trying to skip to the next chapter. Anything, you know, nothing. It's not, not going to get me let past that. I try cleaning it. I see it's, yeah, it's slightly scratched up. Try the other side. No, nothing. So we're at a point where, no, we're not going to get to John Candy. Orange whip, orange whip, orange whip, oh, three orange whips. Man. Not going to happen. So yeah, very, very frustrating. So I've, I thought, oh, do I, do I buy a digital copy? What do, what do I do? I don't know. So we ended up renting uh, online um, Alita Battle Angel because she had not seen that. So we, wait a minute, we got wait through a minute, that. Wait a I, no, no, no. Wait. <laughs> you stopped in the middle of Blues Brothers and a suitable replacement was Alita Battle Angel. Am I hearing that right? Yeah. Well, you know, she was she was she was not totally loving the Blues Brothers. She enjoyed it. And I thought this is more her thing. So we did that. I'm going to come back to the Blues Brothers. I think over the Christmas break when the other one's back from Colorado and we're going to do it as a family. Thing. All right. Again, because I, you, I can watch that. I don't know how many times and, and love it just as much every single time. But my physical media letting me down. Totally let you down. I'm sorry, Steve. I it feel did. like, though, yeah. you should probably know better because you're already a digital media guy. Like, I know. I know. But uh, I've got it there. Yeah. Do I really? And so I go to I looked to buy it. And this this is where uh, it's all the money game, because in the iTunes store, you can buy either the Blues Brothers theatrical edition for whatever, $9.99, or you can buy the extended edition. It is not one of these, oh, it's bundled as an iTunes extra. Two separate things. Yeah. So if I want both that I have on my single DVD, no, I can't do that. Also, Blade Runner, the same thing. I know several years yep. ago, you could buy the big pack of like all five in one. iTunes, well, no, you've only got two versions. You have to purchase them each individually. I'm sorry about that. So that's, yeah, that's that's one of those things where just just give me my movies. I, I had a, I, I think you, you may remember, I had a colossal hard drive crash, my entire archive hard yes. drive crash. And one of the yeah. things that I lost on there, which just turns out is not a big loss, but it's kind of a treat that I used to go back to. I had ripped all of my DVDs, my entire oh, collection, yeah. uh, back when <laughs> I could, back when I first, you first started being able to, to decrypt mm -hmm. and rip yeah. all your personal DVDs because for personal use only, I do not endorse uh, piracy in any way, shape or form. And so I had all of my movies on DVD and I remember uh, going back to one of them uh, and going into iTunes and double clicking to press play and it came up at a 320 by 240 window. <laughs> <laughs> This is not the ideal scenario no, through which to no. watch Blade Runner. <laughs> and I had done something. So most, like hundreds of movies. It was movies. perfect for your iPhone, oh, though, well, right? It was. You can put and it on that's, your iPhone. It was, they were originally ripped for the color iPod, right? The, the oh, first color screen yes. that yeah. could play video. And so I had hundreds of movies in 320 by 240 or 640 by 480. Of course, they're not. They're, they're all letterboxed. Uh, no 16 by 9 aspect ratio. And so it, it was... Uh, it, it was a chuckle and not a huge loss. But I say all that because those remnants of those are still in my iTunes library. So sometimes I'll double click on one and it'll say can't be found and I'll my heart will sink a little bit. I had one of those experiences actually very similar to yours, though I think it played out better uh, with a movie that was that I could watch. And, and hundreds of times and not get sick of it. SeaTech uh, Astronomy, Steve, right around the corner. Uh, at his sneakers, uh, I introduced sneakers to the family for the first time, oh, and yeah. it, it went Excellent. pretty well. Although there was a dose, I think, of them humoring me because they know how much I like it. Did you like the movie? Yeah, Dad, it was great. <laughs> it was okay. It was really great. <laughs> yeah, that's inauthentic, but you know what? I'll take it. Um, speaking of yeah. speaking of inauthentic, uh, turns out. As you uh, have reported in our show notes here, that the Pirates of the Caribbean reboot team uh, is back <laughs> and, and they're working uh, with Craig Mazin of Chernobyl fame. What yeah. do you think about this? Sure. I, I don't. I, why? Why? I, they have to reinvent this thing. I, they built the franchise around Johnny Depp and Captain Jack Sparrow. So you'll have to disassemble it and it's going to have to be something completely different. You can't have another Jack Sparrow. You're going to have to create a different cinematic universe to, to start this thing in. I, I don't know why. 
uh, I guess it might be time for a reboot if people feel that it's aged and hasn't held up well, but I don't have that issue with this. I, I really think they're tackling something that is unnecessary. There's plenty of other properties to, to take on. I, I don't know. I, it makes me, this is one of those franchises that when I hear a word of a reboot, it makes me think, what did you do with all the money you've already made? Like, what did <laughs> yeah. you do with it? I feel like I'm talking to my 13-year-old and I gave him his allowance. And then he comes back with a giant sack of gummy bears and then says, Dad, can I borrow $5 for ice cream? And I think, you know what? What did you do with the? You just ate it. You ate the money in chewy, succulent gummies. I'm not giving you more money. And that's what I feel like I need to say to do. I'm not giving you more money for this. What did you do with all the money? 2003, 2006, 7, 11, and 17, you have all the money. You have all the right. money. Stop. Oh, yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Go make the Matterhorn movie. <laughs> I'm done. They got Jungle Cruise coming, so I, I you know, I don't I, know. I stand on the record that I think these, the ride-based movies are fun. I had a good time at the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, they got progressively, I, I want to say more ridiculous, but that's probably too on the nose. Uh, it, and I had, I started having less fun with them, but I've had an enormous amount of fun with the first one. And I think, uh, I, I I'm probably going to have fun with the jungle cruise. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the reboots of the Jumanji movies. Note, they're not ride movies, but these, you know, these kinds of reboots I think are super fun, huge budget, perfect family movies and great for the popcorn. Uh, I, I just the the franchise franchise nation gets a, a little exhausting. Even though you know I'm I'm in favor of those two generally. Just make them good. This is too much. Too much. Six. Yeah. Movies. Well, they they are keeping. I mean, it's Craig Mazin who is not known for making family friendly entertainment. If you think of Chernobyl and the uh, Hangover, right, you know, right franchise, but it, it is bringing back you know writer Ted Elliott who is you know one of the you know guys from the original you know the first three so that holds promise in that there may have been ideas you know mm -hmm. storylines that had been part of the original that just didn't fit that for whatever reason you know as they found one direction there it closed off some others so perhaps there's the opportunity to go back to some of these original concepts that that didn't didn't make it and and pursue mm -hmm. those so there i i'm cautiously optimistic well i'm an unabashed on one, fan but... of craig mazin from everything that he does yeah. and his you know that was surely cemented with his you know with his show chernobyl and uh the stories that he tells about his life uh living in the dorm with uh ted cruz uh <laughs> are legend yes they are legend yes so uh yeah. he's he comes at it uh, you know, batting a thousand in my book, I I think he's he's terrific, uh, and I'm one of those people that I I actually I didn't like Hangover Three, but in general, the Hangover movies, I you know laughs per minute is high in those movies overall, so I'm okay with that. Uh, I I enjoyed those films. Anyhow, uh, that was the news on pirates. Uh, can can we talk briefly about what I have to imagine? is going to be the high frame rate controversy of 2020 Netflix testing variable playback speeds. So this is interesting because I, I think when I was looking around for articles, Oh, it was the, it was the title, sort of the headline of this article, Netflix testing variable playback speeds, comma, presumably for serial killers. <laughs> And I thought, well, someone's got an opinion now, don't they, Chris Evangelista? Uh, oh, are you some of the are you some sort of deranged maniac who wants to watch movies and TV shows at faster speeds? But then he gets into a common trend among podcast listeners is to increase playback speeds. I myself have never done this because I think it's a weird idea. I do it all, all the, the time. I don't listen to any podcast at normal speed ever. No, ever. And I can tell you. I'm excited about this for one reason and one reason only. When I am watching something for Trailer Rewind, I will watch it. You know, I have my initial view, 
But then as I'm going back to put my notes together, I will watch it again to, to, to make my notes. And Canopy lets you yes, do this. Yes, I know. Actually, lets you adjust your playback speed. So there's times where I'm like, I, I don't want to try scrolling and guessing when something's happening because I don't know if this sequence is four minutes or eight minutes. So I'll just crank that speed up for a little bit, let it play through. So I'm, I'm still following along and then slow it down if, if I need to pay mm-hmm. attention to some dialogue. So yes, I would not watch a movie just regularly at this, but it is a feature to benefit on rewatch when you want to get to something. So I am looking forward to it for, for my own personal use. I am too. Uh, I, yes. I think it's, I think it's super useful. I think the use case might be uh, pretty small I, I it's it's hard for mm-hmm. me to imagine you know first time viewers of any particular movie doing uh, going to uh you know double speed to get through a, a film i it, it while it hurts my heart i can see a scenario where someone's going to look at a movie and say oh well that's an hour and a half you're telling me i can get through that in 45 minutes <laughs> no, i don't know double speed i think the 1.25 which if you have ever watched any shows in syndication, I swear that happens to some shows. Yeah. They, you got to cram friends in on TBS or whatever. They're going to cut the end credits. Yep. I swear they've they've ratcheted up that speed by a small percentage because it's not noticeable. But I thought this whole if thing really used to run watch, 27 minutes yeah. and you're cramming it into like 19, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, there's something going yeah, on. There's something going on. And so I... I I know as somebody who makes podcasts and knows that, you know, one of the central features of tools like Overcast as a podcast app is is, you know, voice boost and silence stripping and, you know, really smart speed adjustments. This is a major feature for a lot of people who just want to cram in a lot of media. And so I get it and I'm not going to grudge them their, you know, um, experience. So oh, looking forward to it. And yes. neither of us, I don't want to speak for you, man, but I'm going to go out on a limb. Neither of us are serial killers. No, you you might be the killer if but <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I don't think listening to podcasts at one point five speed is is one of the, the factors there. Yes, uh, I've got one. I'm pretty excited about um, Studio Ghibli is mm-hmm. coming to HBO Max. Uh, You're excited because there's somebody else to give your money to. I am. You know what? I'll throw the money. <laughs> I I, feel, I have a lot of films in the Studio Ghibli catalog that I have not. Uh, I haven't seen because they just are straight up not available. And so the fact that, yes. um, you know, uh, Warner Media is getting access to all of these Miyazaki films is uh, a terrific win. And because I'm now, I know you know Ray was talking about in the in the chat room. We're just in an era where. Um, you know, we're doing the service shuffle and we're doing the service shuffle for the content. So if I have to sign up for HBO Max for a, a binge month to get through a bunch of uh, Miyazaki films, I'll do it um, and uh, I'll do it enthusiastically. So that is coming hopefully in the fall. It's Or, or actually, I'm sorry, it's going to be, I think, in the spring of next year. In the spring, yes. Uh, and so be on the lookout for that. Mark your calendars uh, for a the release of... Uh, <laughs> You're uh, un- the unsung <laughs> well, see, heroes the of it, Japanese it, it, uh, animation. No, I, I'm looking forward to that, but it's one of these things where I, I always get confused. What's the difference between HBO Go and HBO Now? Mm-hmm. And then I've got then you've got HBO Max. Uh, so because one of those is for HBO subscribers, and I think that's HBO HBO Now. now. Right. Is if I you think that if you it. actually subscribe to the cable channel, you can get the HBO now. But then you mm-hmm. can buy HBO Go if you if you're not you know cord cutter like me and you don't mm-hmm. want cable. So that so that my question is, what's going to be the HBO now and HBO Max, or is HBO now going away and transforming into HBO Max, or is it a completely different thing? I don't know because it seems like the HBO Max is Warner catalog stuff. So is it not the because whereas HBO Go is the you get what I don't know you get whatever's on HBO HBO right now so subscription yeah. service I, don't, I know. don't know what they're planning there it makes me wonder if all of these will be consolidated into HBO Max like if you're yeah. you get access to all of it if you pay for the subscription through your cable company you have a login right. Uh, I, I don't know how they could possibly compete uh, yeah. with Apple and Disney and NBC and, uh, you know, with all of these having, yeah. uh, you know, without introducing unnecessary service confusion. Right. 
Yes, because where will I go if I want to watch Westworld, Game of Thrones? Is that Max now? Go? I don't know. Go now, have Max. To, go now. Go, go now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, do we have right. anything else? Uh, oh, do you want to talk about your big trouble in Little China Box? Seth? I don't know because I hate physical media. But I it's, know. It's this coming. is an it's interesting a- time for a rant. <laughs> Well, I'm hoping that I, I guess I'm optimistic that when you get a collector's edition on Blu-ray, that there will be a digital equivalent of that. But I, I love I love Big Trouble in Little China and the fact that this December there is a two-disc Blu-ray set with a whole bunch of new things, new audio commentary, a whole second disc of bonus features, interviews. Uh, I mean, just having this on on Blu-ray. This is one that. I swear it was uh, when I was a kid, it must have been on every four hours on whether it was HBO or Showtime or whatever it was, because uh, I must have seen this a dozen times and just couldn't stop watching it as a kid because it's just crazy fun. Uh, so the fact that we're getting a nice full you know, Blu-ray with bonus features is something that uh, might have to be on the Christmas list this year. It, it might have to. Just looking at the list of new interviews uh, included on this thing, never before seen interviews with uh, you know Dennis Dunn and Nick Castle and W.D. Richter and uh, this, uh, it's, it's going to be a great set if you're fans. And the vintage audio interview with John Carpenter. I think he it's a complete interview translated through a digital synthesizer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, but a good old gag reel never, you yeah. know, yeah, you gotta love one of those. Yeah. Uh, deleted and extended scenes, all of that good stuff. All so right. yeah, I think it's the first step of hey, here's what here's what to stuff in the stockings this Christmas. Uh, we're going to start seeing the, you know, bloated, uh, you know, bonus versions of everything, but this is one that uh how can you not love it? Let's do trailers, shall we? Yeah. Okay. You're first. What are we? Oh. Oh, yes. This one uh, You know, there's something about small independent films that I that I love, uh, and particularly it seems like you either go horror or you go sci-fi with these things. And so this one is you know it seems to be fully in the sci-fi realm. This is called Cosmos, which bold choice in name because uh, if you're going to be googling Cosmos, you're either going to end up with with Carl Sagan or Neil deGrasse Tyson. But I think they're they're trying to lump themselves in with those guys. Uh, but this is the story of three astronomers that accidentally intercept what they believe to be a signal from a distant alien civilization. And uh, rather than going the typical indie route of well, we're going to shoot just in you know we'll shoot in somebody's bedroom as as the office or whatever. They're they're out in the woods, so we've got lots of different locations out in the woods, uh, lots of running around. Very small scale production. I was looking in the in the notes here on IMDb. It looks like this took them five to six years to complete. Just a small crew, uh, you know, putting this thing together. But there's something about this concept that I that I love of these guys trying to solve this mystery for whatever reason. They're the only ones getting this signal. What's going on? The mystery of that. Uh, the trailer tries to hype things up into some really tense moments, which is like running towards a car, which I don't know that it merits the intensity that the trailer tries to attribute to it. But I give these guys credit for it. And this looks like one that could just be one of those little golden nugget discoveries out there that you find on streaming services. So I, I there is a release date of November 7th. Um, that is the you know it limited release oh that's that's the premiere in LA and then limited release November eighth uh, actually the UK had this premiere back in in July so it's it's been out there so I I'm not predicting that this is going to be in the- theaters in many places but it looks like uh, something that uh, JJ and I would enjoy talking about yeah this is a great cedar yeah for trailer yes. one the trailer is nonsense like the the number <laughs> of like super hyped grab the tripod running sequences is just overkill uh go 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 yeah. go go get, go. The, get your headphones on <laughs> go 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 now listen to this thing uh it, it's it's just too much and uh, but you know um i i found myself i'm i'm always intrigued by these movies i i recognize that they're 
they're not going to have the budget to do, um, you know, what some other listening to the stars movies have done. That's that's clearly it's clear in the trailer that they they don't have any of those sorts of um, uh, tools available to them. And so I'm I'm OK with with that. Uh, I I think it, there are protagonists are three charming guys. Uh, they uh, are very intense about their listening habits, and I I do. I'll watch. I'll watch it. It says it's on on demand and theatrical, so I'll, yeah. I'll I, this is one I will yeah. check out. Um, if if only to see how they're able to pick up all the tripods in time for the music <laughs> to catch up with them. Well, this is uh, written and directed by Xander and Elliot Weaver, and their filmography on IMDb is a lot of documentaries. Yeah. Uh, you know, so th- within that area, though, NASA, Ap- the Apollo experience, uh, Apollo thirteen, Saturn five story. Uh, so a lot of a lot of that. So it's it's subject matter that they're familiar with. So I I love that they're tackling something they know. Uh, so I'm. Curious to see what story they want to tell with this, but uh, we'll we'll see in uh, in a couple of weeks here. The the poster they went with the the Stranger Things revival of eighties poster yes. themes. Yes. Uh, oh yes. And uh, they they nailed it in terms of you know aping styles, but uh, oh yeah, we'll yes. see who's oh, the fourth the ta- person. <laughs> Who is the fourth person in the trailer? The shadow figure. They and they got a good tagline. Only they will hear. Only they will believe. Man, I hope they're able to convince somebody else by the end of the movie, or else I'll be very frustrated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's what we got, Cosmos All there, right. right there. All right, and you? I went for what the you... uh, action, big budget comic action movie that is not in the MCU. Uh, and I'll tell you, I picked this trailer yesterday. I I was working a swim meet, one of my daughter's swim meets, and I was the door badge monitor. So all oh, I had to do is make you sure were the bouncer. I was the bouncer. It was I my title is badge monitor and face puncher and that I would go full roadhouse <laughs> if anybody tried to get in without a badge. Well, nobody tried to get in with that. People are are kind. It turns out I didn't have to punch anybody in the face. I'm doing it again today. So I guess, you know, we'll see. But I watched this trailer without sound and I immediately picked it. Because so cool, I don't even didn't even I watched it for the first time this morning after I picked it for this week, and I'm okay with that. I stand by it. It is a wildly uh, sort of uh, predictable vengeance story. Uh, this one stars uh, um, my man Vin Diesel as the nanite injected uh, sort of RoboCop, uh, and he can heal himself and his when he's injured his. Flesh and bone weaves together with the nanites. This is a uh, based on the Valiant Comics um, uh, title of the same name, um, created by Kevin Van Hook, Don Perlin, and Bob Layton. And uh, it's a it's an interesting character, and it comes at an interesting time when we need um, you know a new we need, we need more characters and more i think more screen time of people doing interesting things on screen with with comics to see what we can do that's not in the MCU and and will this be interesting will this be another sort of uh, original Wesley Snipes-ish blade kind of a thing i don't know but i sure did like the special effects so if i go in and the sound is broken in the theater uh i'm okay with that <laughs> i'll just watch the pretty colors uh, cuz there's clearly some fun work going on here um the uh writer on this is eric heiserer uh directed by dave wilson and uh, dave wilson he has he was on the visual effects team for avengers age of ultron so there is at least um there's a i guess there is a familial resemblance maybe to some of the tone and texture of this thing he's a big visual effects guy he's worked on a lot of the um, uh, video games star wars video games he's done the uh, elder scrolls video game uh bioshock um so he's a guy with a good eye for visual effects and visual artistry so it, it'll be um it'll be fun to see how he takes that to his um first uh feature film what do you think? Yeah, I, the trailer grabbed me from the beginning with this concept of, oh, we've got this soldier, we've got this technology, we're bringing, you know, he he died, we're bringing him back. Uh, but then he's like, he's got these memories and these he, this whole vengeance story of his wife. And then the trailer takes that turn of like, okay, shut him down. Who's the next person we want to put on the list, list for him to take out? So they're they're altering his memories. 
and then I thought I casting guy Pierce in this. I thought, oh, it's like it's like the RoboCop version of Memento. It's a guy who doesn't have clear memories going off to kill some avenge someone who killed his wife. Correct. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a Memento. But with Vin Diesel. Uh, so I like that concept of memory altering because it takes us into a whole different realm now of where where things can go at the end. Because without that, um, it's a pretty straightforward, you know, this 20 years ago, this would have been Bruce Willis in something like yep. this. Right. Uh, so I entreat Eric Heiser. I enjoy what he does with with stories. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one because it it seems to rise above the t- the traditional let's revisit the 90s you know lone man against the bad system uh you know vengeance story so yeah this uh, you know february though i don't know is is february the new january is that what we decided i think january is, is january <laughs> off the hook now i <laughs> don't know because it's it seems like January is starting to pile up with some things, and I don't know if February is the the new the new dumping ground. But I I'm optimistic about this one. I am too. Uh, and you you said yeah. you like uh, Eric Heiser's stuff. We should yeah. say what some of Eric Heiser's stuff. Uh, oh, Arrival, Bird, Bird Box, Arrival, Extinction. Uh, he's uncredited on Extinction, but uh, Lights Out, Hours, the Paul Walker film, um, uh, The Thing, uh, the the reboot of The Thing, Final yeah. Destination Five. Uh, he's, he's got some credits, some intense credits. Uh, so I'm, I'm right with you. I think I'm, I am optimistic about this movie. Uh, it's going to be fun and, uh, I will see it sound or no sound. (laughs) Okay. And it also started, if I'm looking at this correctly, because I'm looking at who else is in this to Lula Riley, who was married to Elon Musk twice, twice. Twice. Is that, is that 2010 to 2000? It says September 2010 to 2012 and then divorced and then married again July 2013 to October 2016. Wow. I don't know that IMDb, how accurate they are in, in that information, but that's fantastic. That's what, that's what I that's what I see. So, wow. Yeah. She's uh, isn't she in Westworld? Is she? I, I think she's she's in a bunch of stuff. She's uh, yeah in Westworld. She was in yeah. So one of those yeah, in, trying in that sci-fi Elon territory. Musk. Yeah, yes. Can't just can't hold it together. Can't hold the <laughs> Tesla together. Can't hold his marriage together. And sends cars into space. <laughs> there we are. All right. What's our list right. today? Oh. Oh. It's like the it's like the anti Mother's Day <laughs> list. This was upsetting to me when it's because a lot of these I I go out I Google like crazy mom movies and then you'll get websites that will say Hey for Mother's Day here's a list of movies with crazy moms in it. Yeah. And I thought that none of these are things you're going to sit down to watch with your mother. What what are you thinking? Well, that's not. <laughs> or it's like is it is it be thankful your mom isn't one of these nut nut jobs? Here? I guess. Is that what, yeah yeah yeah. You're just is, this is a. Um... Uh, please allow my life to serve as a warning for others kinds of yeah of movies yeah 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 it's not good it's not a good list um it's it, it was a tough one to pull together how'd you i mean you're up first i mean do you feel like you came came at it with any sort of a theme no no theme no no I've, I've, movies i've seen Movies that, I, you know, there's some of it, but what they, how is it that the mom is crazy? I, you know, some it's, you know, we get into horror territory. I tried to stay away from that where it's just mom is a serial killer. But yeah, there's, there's that. There's just, then there's bad moms. Like, well, she's a, a horrible mother, but does that make her a crazy mom? I, you know, so I, I sort of pulled from each of those, but I, I didn't tread fully into any one of those types I sort of pulled and said, you know, this is, and also this is a movie that we haven't talked about before. We haven't talked about it in a while. I want to bring it up, remind people of this. So it's finds a grab bag of, of oddities. Uh, right. And then I, I was trying to stay away from some things that I thought might be steals. So I, you know, I, I think I've got something that'll be steel proof. Oh, I hope. Okay. Given that it's just two of us, those odds greatly increased. Yeah. So I'm starting off with one that I don't believe we've talked about much on the show. Uh, one that I saw in theaters. And again, this isn't fully crazy, Mom. Although everybody in this movie is a little bit 
off, and I guess you could say crazy, in uh, David Lynch's Wild at Heart, uh, when you've got Diane Ladd playing this, you know, sort of a abusive mom who I guess in this in this film is sort of like the Wicked Witch of the West because of, you know, strange things that David Lynch does with shoes and makeup and, and water. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's one that uh, I think people, he, he, they focus on his early stuff like, you know, Racerhead or, you know, Blue Velvet and then the, the really bizarre stuff he's done lately. And this one sort of falls in the middle. And it's one that I I had a good time. It is brutally violent at times. But uh, Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern, uh, you sort of fall in love with this this oddball couple out on the run. So that's that's my first, Wild at Heart. It's, it's one of those that uh, I haven't seen in forever, forever. Uh, yeah. But I do, I do have some really some not great memories of, of <laughs> yes, uh, some yeah. of the uh, characterizations in there. Mine starts out. Uh, I I tried to keep it with the theme of the you know month October, and and so I went with the um, my first pick is from 1992. Uh, it is the hand that rocks the cradle, uh, directed by. Curtis Hansen, written by Amanda Silver, and uh, it, it, there's there's just it's a veritable onion of mom stuff in this movie. But uh, Rebecca <laughs> DuBornay brings it uh, in this movie, and I, with the I, I think with the exception of the very end of the movie, I don't think it ends well. Uh, but I, I think it's a straight up, straight up awesome thriller, and uh, you know between Claire and Peyton and. Uh, these these two characters trying to to out out mom one another and also ruin each other's lives. Uh, I, I think it's uh, it it's a straight up scary movie. Especially, I, I think it would be scarier now for me to to revisit this one as a parent because uh, I think the last time I saw it, I was not one. Uh, so <laughs> maybe that's why well, I haven't she seen did. it in so long. <laughs> she did win the MTV Movie Award for Best Villain. Yeah, for this. So. I, this is one I haven't seen because it just, yeah, I yeah, wasn't in the realm of types of movies I was watching at that time. And yeah, it was, it's like Lifetime movie gone bad. I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's, yeah. And that that's a different type again, altogether that I, I had not seen. So I, I can't add those to my list, but uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, Cause that's, I, a, I, that is a go-to. Like that, that would have been good, an I heard easy that's steal. A good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, but you know, I didn't, and again, I did not know that uh, Curtis Hansen directed that. That's yeah. uh, a name that, yeah. Later on, I'm like, oh, okay, but uh, yeah, early, early work, and that sort of leads into to my next pick, which is very early work for a a director that a lot of people know, uh, and this one is. A truly independent small film that uh, this was in the heyday of, you know, sort of Sundance before it became Sundance, I guess. I, so this was 1994. Uh, David O. Russell brings us a really strange tale of a boy who's stuck at home with his mom and things go really sideways. In uh, spanking the monkey with Jeremy Davies. I don't know if you've what? ever seen this one. No, spanking <laughs> okay, what? So, spanking the monkey. Jeremy Davies, David O. Russell, nineteen ninety four. Um, you got a student who's at home, uh, summer from college, and he's about to head off for some internship, and his mom has you know suffered an injury. She's you know uh, immobilized. She's got a cast on her leg. She can't get around, so he's stuck. Dad's a traveling salesman who's out on the road and you know college kids stuck at home with his mom and you know a few cocktails in and mom gets weird and things go really not right between them wow so it's a dark comedy it is a dark comedy sounds uh, hysterical <laughs> it is it is it's david o russell and i am i am uh, legit it, a david o russell fan i yeah, I, you need I to check this like, out I'm, I'm it's not. early early yes okay all right, yeah. I'll add it on the list. Nice. Oh, what you know? You've been to. I now I've already forgot what it's called. What's it called? Called spanking the monkey. Oh. <laughs> How could I forget that? Spanking I don't know <laughs> the monkey. All right, well played. Okay, so okay, so here's. <laughs> 
from the plot summary, this is sort of the direction it takes. Uh, Ray's taking care of his mother. He has to shower and massage her legs. So he sees her naked and he feels awkward about that. Uh, his sexual frustration is increased due to the fact that he is unable to masturbate due to the family dogs repeatedly interrupting him. Well, I so, mean, how many of us to watch can't relate kids. to that? Right. So <laughs> not one to watch with the kids. Warning. Warning. Not for watching with the kids. Nice. Yes. All right. There All right. Go. My next pick. Uh, I this is it's not this is not a great movie, Mom, by any stretch. In fact, it's such an incredible portrayal that in a movie like this, you don't expect this kind of character to actually earn a reprieve in the sequel. Uh, but that's exactly what happened uh, with uh, our movie, Mom, uh, Julia, in Hellraiser, nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, played by Claire Higgins, who is a fantastic British star and has been in a ton of television, particularly, you know, BBC stuff. But uh, she's been in a lot of stuff. And this movie, she's just not very nice. Uh, she is a, a terrible stepmom to her daughter, Claire, and she ends up enabling the straight up hellraiser sacrifice of christie's dad and i think anytime you enable a hellbound sacrifice you are a terrible terrible movie mom her portrayal is great she is uh really a horrible horrible person and uh you know she she makes it to the seek people liked her people liked seeing her they brought her back and that's that's pretty good so I, yeah, I, I haven't. I have not seen this movie probably in thirty-two years. Yeah, uh, from sounds about right. Came out <laughs> nineteen eighty-seven Hellraiser. I remember seeing it and feeling really odd about this movie. Uh, it was creepy. I don't know that I saw the sequel, so I did not know that she she came back. But uh, yeah, that's yeah eighties horror. I don't know. Are the practical effects going to hold up on this? I don't know. I think they made some really smart decisions around the practical Did effects they? of this movie, and I think that you know okay. from the puzzle box and the pins, like yeah. everything that they that they did really can, and the chains, like it all. Yeah, it's all stuff that is like tried and true makeup effects. Like they they okay. you can you can really sell it, and I think it I think it does. It it has been it hasn't been thirty two years since I've seen the movie, but I I've seen it since and uh i i still find it uh pretty gross plus everything's covered in goo right yeah tooth guy oh, yeah. And, like he's uh, it's just yeah goo. so yeah yeah i think it i think it plays okay anyway there you go julia all right so for my final pick i had to go with the one of the most classic crazy moms of all time uh and it's it's the this is i guess what in the in the late eighties and early nineties, one of your ways of showing your true horror cred was knowing who the real real bad guy was in the original Friday the Thirteenth. That it wasn't Jason; it was the mob. Mm -hmm. It's crazy mob in Friday the Thirteenth. And I thought, if if you're able to launch a franchise that that lives lives on without you, that you deserve a place on this list. And Friday the Thirteenth, the original one, I think. Everything had become a caricature of that down the road. And so to go back to the original uh, for the top of the list seemed fitting and particularly in this month. So for everyone out there, go revisit the classic. Go start at the beginning and, and enjoy this journey of a vengeful mom taking it out on campers who, you know, in the late 70s, and early 80s, those camp concerts, they were just, you know, having the sex while the kids were drowning in the lake. Well, of so, course, as you, know, you do. Yeah, as, yes, exactly. As you do. <laughs> uh, I it's a great pick, and also like not that was not a series that I uh, trucked in often. It was very much like Halloween. A bunch of us got together, we watched one of the movies or two of the movies, and did right. a little marathon. But this has got the Kevin Bacon. It does. It does it's have got, the Kevin. It's got the bacon. It has the bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's that's worth it. Uh, I now that I've rediscovered, thanks to David Cronenberg, I've rediscovered that I actually can can truck with horror like i actually yeah. i actually like it uh i think i need to go back and do some of these epic series again there is a i this is one of those movies that i i don't know i mean it's i think it's controversial it is uh it's a peter jackson movie and it's called dead alive from 1992 and it there is a 
zombie-ish uh, thing going on with this movie. So you can see why I might uh, kind of like a big fan of the entire thing. Vera Cosgrove <laughs> is... <laughs> I just want to say, I'll just say it. I'll just get it out. Vera Cosgrove uh, eats her son to ingest him back into the womb. And <laughs> so it's not okay. great. I mean, it's maternal and it's crazy. And so I think it meets the category of the list. I This is it, overall, I mean, it's a movie that actually performs pretty well. It's, it's 7.5 on the IMDb scale. Um, my memory of it is that it's not, it, it wasn't a movie that really stuck with me, but there are some sequences in that movie that really did stick with me. And so I'm, I'm adding it to the list. I kind of don't want patient zero on this. Like you, maybe I don't want everybody to go back and credit <laughs> me with having watched this it, it, because it's that kind of movie. You, it may end up being one that you just straight up don't like. But Vera Cosgrove uh, is uh, not, it's just not, it's a character that is just, uh, it just nails the crazy movie uh, mom as she's eating her son, played by uh, Elizabeth Moody. I haven't seen that one. That doesn't surprise me much. No, this is, uh, yeah. I, well, I think. When I was working in the video store in high school, this is one that probably was, I don't know what kind of U.S. distribution this had in the video market back in the day. And again, if I was, you know, fascinated with, you know, following up what was going on with Freddie and Jason, this one, you know, might not have uh, made the cut. Uh, But reading the storyline, I mean, it's clear that Peter Jackson was going to eventually make you know, a King Kong movie, because this uh, says deep in the lush jungles of the isolated Skull Island lies the habitat of the elusive yet endangered, nuttily vicious Simeon Radicus. Yeah. The Sumatran, the, the Sumatran rat, monkey. rat monkey. That's the deal. Yes. That's it. And yeah. So she gets, okay. she gets, she gets bit. Huh? Yeah. It's not good. Like she just, she eats a lot of things, neighbors, but when she, okay. Yes. It was, she's, she eats her son, you know, things have gone south. All right. I mean, rated R for an abundance of outrageous of, gore. It is, okay. and it crosses a it crosses that sort of line of cultural acceptance. You know, right. yes, that's that's one of the that's that's where the movie really stands stands out head and shoulders. <laughs> okay, uh, so that's where we go. There's a list that's of a crazy, crazy mom. movie moms for yeah, this yeah. fine October. If you want to build your watch list, that's one that you can add to it. Uh, now, what are we doing next? Uh, Andy told us that we got he 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 couldn't be here, but he said you have to include this on the list. Do not forget to include what was it uh, for scanners. We need to make sure we get shadow organizations on the list. Oh dear. Okay. Right. Scanners. Have you yes. have you seen scanners? Are you a scanners mm, fan? No, I have not. All right. I've seen clips. Have not seen the whole thing. Again, I, I am surprised because I thought oh, I should probably catch up on this Cronenberg thing. And so many of these are available in very yeah. like between Hulu, Canopy, and other, it seems like all this early Cronenberg is out there. Yeah. Uh, which I, I guess because of October, uh, I was really surprised that I'd be able to find a lot of these out there easily. So I've got no excuse. That's the thing. That I've is, got no excuse to not be watching these. Absolutely true. And uh, Scanners is one where you you do have to watch your brain. Uh, <laughs> this is this is the movie with the legendary head explosion uh, that was a principal effect sequence. It happens very early in the movie um, and surprisingly early in the movie for a movie like this. Um, so it's about uh, psych- uh, like a, a psychic power. It's definitely kind of a Jean Grey, Professor X sort of a thing. I can control you. Uh, I can read your mind and um, do other things to your brain by the time it's all done. I can change your heartbeat. We do have this sort of... Um, weird kind of matrix like mentor mentee thing um in this movie we have what else do we have going on here without completely giving it away michael ironside is in it hell i'd do michael ironside movies <laughs> michael ironside um we part of the movie is that the again this is one of my weirdly significant quibbles with the movie that they make these actors do ridiculous things with their faces in order to <laughs> convey 
the unseen power of psychic control. Okay, yeah. And so they end up like contorting their faces to be in control of you. And I just, it's ridiculous. It takes me right out of the movie. Uh, And so I've never, never been a fan of, of that. Um, So there, there is this on the, in the back of my mind, I have this, could we pull together a list of movies where the premise of the movie requires actors to do things that are ridiculous? Like the premise itself, the central premise of the movie makes it's actors ridiculous. look stupid Duke in stupid. hindsight. Like actors' regrets. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that I have a list of those movies. No, but the, the over emoting or stupid, just yes, you've stupid got, movie. How do you powers. externalize? Yeah, right. Yeah, stupid right. movie stupid powers. Movie yes. powers. Uh, I, oh. I could certainly go with that. Okay. What do you think? Stupid. So shadow <laughs> organizations, stupid movie powers. Yeah. What I mean, what do you know about? Surely you've heard about the movie. I just know heads explode. That's the extent of it. Yeah, that's all I know. Because it was again, it was I was not always a big fan of the horror stuff, and this was one where it was like, oh yeah, there's the guy, and it's all I I know is something. And I had so much misinformation. I thought it was you know people, you know people would explode because, and I think maybe I was confusing it with Videodrome of there were things in the media that caused people to things they watched made them explode. Mm-hmm. So I think I that point I was you know have you seen Videodrome? No, I haven't. I have not seen any of the early Cronenberg. Okay. Mike Cronenberg, I think, starts with like Dead Ringers, and that was not a pleasant experience. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm not a Cronenberg fan, but I have to say. Given the detailed debate about the brood, I'm going to have to go back and I have to go and watch that one because there's this raging debate and discussion going on about divorce and all of this stuff that Nick and Andy have been getting into that uh, I see that what Cronenberg's doing there is what horror can do really well, which is tackle interesting topics in in the genre. So yeah. I'm really considering going back to to the brood to look at that as a film that's not just oh we're trucking in the horror genre to just be gross but there's something else going on oh, so I, I think you absolutely we, should i think of yeah. all of the movies we've watched so far the yeah. brood is one you'll have something to say about yeah i certainly okay. did and and you know part of the of of what uh, nick has has brought up as an omission of the show was that you know was that sort of cultural connection to 1970s self-help self-help uh, yeah. culture and we didn't really talk about that all that much, but it's really, I mean, it's deeply in there. And the problem is, I think as Andy uh, um, uh, defended, I, I think our perspective was that the challenge of the movie is that if you don't know that, you don't see it very clearly. Mm-hmm. And so it does right. make the movie better to know what was going on at the time. And maybe if you were watching it contemporarily or cont- contemporaneously, um, yeah. it, it would have made a lot more sense. Now it just looks like a cult. And uh, uh, okay. so it paints a different yeah. picture of, of the movie, I mm-hmm. think. And, and so it's a it, it's a fascinating watch. Uh, I really enjoyed it um, in spite of, you know, again, some quibbles to him. I do want to say for our final pick, I think we should just go all in on movie head explosions. I just did a little yeah. search and there are so many of them. There are oh, so yeah. many movies. Okay. Of great, and so I think we need to just this is it. We're going to go all yeah. in and we're going to watch as many clips of heads exploding in okay. the month and yeah. build a list of incredible exploding heads. That sounds good. Does it? Does it, though, Steve? It does. I yeah, think we're going to do it. Good. <laughs> so shadow organizations, yeah. stupid movie powers, and movie head explosions. There we go. Uh, the poll's going Make up so. in show talk. Uh, and all I think right. that's it. That's all we've got to say. Thanks, Steve. That it's is a pleasure uh, podding with you this morning. As always. Yeah, yes. Always always a good time having covering lots of good stuff. We sure did. And and uh, yeah. thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. You know, if you haven't taken a minute, if you're listening to this on Monday in the main podcast feed, we sure hope you'd consider visiting patreon.com slash the next reel and uh, becoming a member of the next reel community for a couple bucks a month. You would be uh, able to watch Steve and I do this thing right now live on Saturday morning. You could have, it's like you're living in the future when you watch the live stream. (laughs) Most of our shows we live stream, we're trying to get more and more of them uh, on the live stream. You find out more about that again at patreon.com slash the next reel. And to everybody who has supported us already, thank you for your support for keeping what we do moving forward.
Uh, and with that, I bid you all a fine, fine Saturday matinee. Hondo. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash Letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.